I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Links and Locks podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. Here at TPC River Highlands, site of this week's Travelers Championship, he is Len Hochberg from RotoWire. We're here to break it all down for you from a DFS perspective. Great event last week, U.S. Open. Awesome job by the USGA setting up the Country Club, which showed out and really looked fantastic throughout the week. Looked more like an Open Championship than the U.S. Open, but ain't nothing wrong with that. And Matt Fitzpatrick certainly knows how to play that golf course following his U.S. Amateur victory with now a U.S. Open victory. But we move on just 90 minutes down the road to Cromwell, Connecticut. And, Len, let's start out with a little game theory, a 6,800-yard golf course here in the Northeast. What kind of players are you looking at? 6,800 yards, you would think that would be a cakewalk for today's uh, modern golfer, but it's really not. They still can defend the course. Last year, Harris English and Kramer Hickok tied at 13 under. That's uh, far from a birdie fest. The fairways are kind of wide until they get to the 300-yard mark, and then they start to pinch them. So they try and do their best to, you know, keep driver out of these guys' hands, make them play some other clubs. It's pretty penal around the greens, a lot of rough around the greens, which the golfers should be familiar with from last week. The greens, uh, a few years ago, they started to run them even faster than they used to here at TPC River Highlands. So really a second shot golf course. That's what we're looking for this week. We have to take into consideration last week's major. I know we talk about it all the time that it's hard to come back and play after this. So that's some other things to consider this week. All right, let's get right into it and start looking at the top of the board. And there are some superstars here, the Travelers. I've known the people, Andy Bissett, Nathan Groob, the people that run this event, and they have been running it for years, do such a good job. People always ask, how do they get all these big-name players, especially the week after the U.S. Open? And basically, it's just by being friends with the players and essentially asking them and, you know, sort of endearing themselves to these players. So this is going to be a great event. We've got some big names at the top. The guys in five digits, you know them all, Scotty Scheffler at 11-2, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley. Are you leaning one way or another here, Len? You know, my first thought is that there are a few guys who I'm sort of staying away from. I don't know how Rory and Justin Thomas uh, really feel, but I know Rory has had meaningful minutes uh, a couple of weeks in a row. Thomas, not so much last week, but neither one of those guys has ever done particularly well in this tournament. Just one top 10 in all the years they've been coming here. And that was Justin Thomas six years ago. I know we talk about avoiding guys who were in crunch time on Sunday at a major just four days later, but Scotty Scheffler seems so non-stressed in every situation. He just seems to brush everything aside. And, you know, he hasn't won since the Masters, but two runners up since then. I think he'll do just fine this week. 
Sam Burns has gotten better at this tournament every year, 43rd to 24th to 13th. He's learning how to play the golf course. I like when I see that from guys. I like him. And Patrick Cantlay, if it's not a major or a players or a big tournament, I hate to be so facetious or half facetious, but he's played so well. Six out of eight tournaments of the non-major players, he's had top 10. So I like him as well. Yeah, I can see mixing and matching with some of these players. There's not one in the top tier that I say, no, no, I'm staying away from. So I like each of them a little bit. They're all very pricey, and they're guys that we'll see in the next tier down and the tier after that that I like as well. So if you're trying to get all those guys in, maybe you do a more balanced lineup. But the one guy that I'll probably have more investment on than others from this top tier is Patrick Cantlay. He's played great at the non-majors over the last year or so. Uh, really recently, he's played really well. And then even at the majors, Finally, this past week, a nice weekend. Shot one under on the weekend at the country club. I think he's moving in the right direction. This is a place where, remember, he shot 60 in the second round here at TBC River Highlands as an amateur. This, I've always believed, would be a site of a Patrick Cantlay victory at some point. It could very well happen this week. I'll have, like I said, some investment on him. All right, moving down. Starting the 9,000s at 9,900 with Jordan Spieth and Sungjae Im, Joaquin Neiman, Tony Finau. Keegan Bradley, Brooks Kepka, I guess, mm. if he's still in the field. Tommy Fleetwood, Seamus Bauer, and Harold Varner III. By the way, we're recording this late Tuesday morning, so if we mention some players we like and they no longer play on the PGA Tour by the time <laughs> you're listening to the podcast, we apologize for that. I'm guessing you're going all in with Brooks Kepka. And by the way, very interesting, the PGA Tour, yes, they've suspended players who have gone to live golf, but... They cannot legally suspend them until they've already hit a tee shot. And so Brooks won't ostensibly tee it up until next week on the live. If he wants to play this week, and at the time we're speaking right now, he is in the field. I've not seen him here on site yet, but as of right now, he's in the field. If he doesn't decide to, he can play this week after signing with live and then go over to live next week. I'm not sure what the motivation for him would be, but... He can if you'd like to. Of all the things that change every four minutes, and, and it's just one bombshell after another, just seeing that first tee shot on Thursday morning, I hear that if he does play, he's got that 4.30 a.m. tee time. Um, <laughs> what a crazy turn of events that whole thing is. But I'm sort of looking at Jordan Spieth a little bit. He won here in 2017, the famous uh, chess bump heard round the world. Uh, Daniel Berger's still reverberating uh, from it, but uh, he has not played here very well since then, but he really has all the tools to play here except putter. I mean, if he could just putt a little bit, this would be a perfect course, I think, for Jordan Spieth. And I'm going to go all the way down to $9,100 to Seamus Power, Mr. Fountain of Youth. He just made his third cut uh, in three majors, the first three majors of his career. Interestingly enough, on the DK Sportsbook, he is shorter odds, plus 2,800, than Sung J.M. and Joaquin Neiman. That might be a little bit extreme for me, but it does speak to where Seamus Power is on the PGA Tour landscape these days. I'm not really going to chase too many guys in the 9,000s. I do like Jordan Spieth, and I like him for two reasons. First, you mentioned he's won here in the past. It's a good golf course for him. Secondly, he was so sick last week, and I have it on good authority that if the tournament had started on Wednesday or if he had gotten sick one day later, he would not have been able to tee it up at the U.S. Open. Just have to be decent timing where he was able to tee it up. What we've seen from golfers in the past is that all of a sudden you tee it up when you're not feeling well, you got a fever, you're – you know, you're achy and all of a sudden you start feeling better and you get the second wind. And all of a sudden you just, you start playing that better. Golf gets easy because you're not dealing with all the other stuff as far as your health. I think that could be in play 
for Jordan this week, sort of getting that second win. So I do like him. And then I'll go to the bottom of that 9,000 list. Harold Varner III, from everything I'm hearing, has decided to stay on the PGA Tour, had an offer from Live Golf, thought about it for a while. I could be way off by the time this pod gets posted. He could be a, a Live Golf member. You never know. You up a price, you throw another zero on the end of an offer, and all of a sudden it goes from a no to a yes. But as of right now, Varner is saying no to Live Golf, and I think that can free him up to go play some better golf without some doubt in his mind. So I do like that. Remember, it's very mental pursuit golf is and so the more you can go after a golfer whose mind is freed up but I think that's always a good thing all right eight thousands and right at the top I've got a couple of guys that I really like Davis Riley is my favorite outright play on the board this week 8900 I will have a lot of Davis Riley both in the betting marketplace and yes here on DFS same goes for Aaron Wise at 8800 really like him pretty much every week my two guys that I've been mentioning on the pod line as you know week in week out Aaron Wise and Keith Mitchell continue to be undervalued in pretty much every platform. I'm just going to keep playing them until they win, and I might keep playing them after they win because I think it's going to happen at some point. I'll keep going down the eights because there are a bunch of guys. I can see some Brian Harmon. I like him this week. Short golf course uh, should suit him. It has in the past. Webb Simpson, who is completely undervalued in the marketplace. He's 80 to 1 in the marketplace this week. He's 8,500 on DraftKings and DFS, which is a decent number. It's just above the average price. Mark Leishman's one here before I don't love it, but then I really do like Denny McCarthy at 8,300 coming off a really solid U.S. Open and Keith Mitchell, a guy that I just mentioned a minute ago at 8,200. Davis Riley is on my list. Um, you know, he just plays well every week. I mean, at some point we're going to say there is a week where he doesn't. It's just unsustainable. 31st at the U.S. Open, just enough to play well, but not enough to be completely stressed out and exhausted as much as some of the other guys coming into this week. He was fourth at Colonial, another shorter track, if I can make a slight comparison there. Brian Harmon, of course, the one caution is I think he's going to be an incredibly popular guy. He's in the top eight, uh, just about four top eights in the past seven Travelers tournaments, uh, and there's a reason for that. He just plays it well, so he's going to be very popular. And Mark Lee Gosh, I've wanted to like him all year. He had a pretty good week last week, silently, kind of 14th at the U.S. Open. But um, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on him. All right, let's get down to the 7,000s. I'll start with Brendan Steele, who's been one of the better tee to green players over the last few months. Ninth at the PGA Championship, 10th at the Memorial Tournament. He's firing on all cylinders right now. And he's a guy that's a course horse. When he finds a place that he likes, he tends to play well there year after year after year. This is a place that he plays well. Really like the Brendan Steele play at 7,700. A couple other guys at the same price. Matt McNeely, he's another guy that I tend to target on shorter golf courses. Joel Damon coming off a really strong U.S. Open. I will have a lot of Joel Damon as well. Those are the guys that I really love in that range. Kevin Streelman, maybe this is a little bit of a bias because I was here for that unbelievable mm. back nine that he had, what, eight, nine years ago when he won this event. Shot I don't know, 29 or something like that on the back nine, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I do think Streelman has some value on this course as well. I'm with you on Brendan Steele. I know he's one of your guys, seven top 25s here uh, in the past nine years. So certainly at $7,700, a very fair price there. A guy that I turn to every time we come up with a short course, Brendan Todd, 13th in Canada, third at Colonial. He was 11th two years ago here. It's just short course equals pick Brendan Todd for me. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Harris English, talk about a guy really undervalued, the defending champion, only 7,600 and 100 to 1 at the DK Sportsbook. He played only a second tournament back last week at the U.S. Open. I was very surprised that he made the cut. For me, the question this week is really not the golf. We've seen that his golf is back. It's let, Let's see his hip on a back-to-back. I'm guessing he's already figured that all out and entered that into the equation. And Cam Davis at 7,500. You know, when I think of Cam Davis, I think of, you know, just hitting bombs off the tee. But his two best finishes this year have been at Colonial and Harbortown, two top tens at the shorter courses. He's obviously doing something right there, taking a little bit off the gas. I guess I'll go one more way down, 7,100, Lanto Griffin, if you really need to cut down to the bottom of the sevens. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but made six of seven before that. Qualified for the U.S. Open. He's three for three in cuts at River Highlands, one top 25. I'll throw one more guy at the bottom of the 7,000s out here. Emiliano Grillo at 7,100. Missed the cut in seven of his first nine starts in 2022. He's made five in a row. Nothing better than 28th place, but a very good ball striker on smaller greens this week. I can see Grillo having a good week. Down to the 6,000s, and Len, quite frankly, I don't see myself dipping down to this area very often in my lineups. I think there are enough guys to target in the 7,000s that – I don't need to go this low. The one guy that I'm looking at that I kind of say, I'm I'm interested in him a little bit might be David Lipsky, another guy who tends to play good golf on shorter golf course. He's not the biggest hitter in the world, but keeps it in play, doesn't make too many mistakes. I know you're always looking for a good bargain there. You find anybody? Yeah, well, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Chris Goddard and the week we had him up in Canada, he did miss the cut, but he had a great tournament. Uh, he came out right after Canada, qualified, went to a qualifier, made the U.S. Open, 43rd at the U.S. Open. You know, at this time of year, this is when the college kids come out. A couple of years ago, I think it was Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland last year. Austin Eckrode has not quite had the splash that the other two guys have, but This is where you can maybe find lightning in a bottle. These guys come out ready to go. Cole Hammer also coming out this week. Chris Goddard, I like at 6,400. Tyler Duncan, he's another guy I turned to on the shorter courses. He had one bad round in Canada. Shot 76-66, just missed the cut by one shot. I like him at 6,400. And Justin Lauer at 6,200, another uh, short course guy if you really, really need to get down that far. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar, golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets. They're here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays 
for this week's tournament. Thank you, Jason. We are very excited to be back here for the Travelers at TPC River Highlands with the Action Network. I will kick us off in the placement market after a bit of a debacle from my favorite play of the week last week. Daniel Berger in round two really broke my heart missing the cut there, but I'm going to get right back on the horse with Keith Mitchell. Top 40 on FanDuel, that price right now is plus 130. My price in my model is down to minus 115, so 45 points of value there. Keith really checks every box I'm looking for. He's 14th in my model and expected strokes gain T to green. He is top 25 in this field in birdie or better percentage. He's 13th in my models expected strokes gain putting on Bentgrass and Poa. And he has two straight top 20 finishes, three straight top 35 finishes. He checks every box for me there at Keith Mitchell. Then I will eat the juice on Tommy Fleetwood at minus 110. My price is down at minus 150, so 40 points of value there. He absolutely tears up Pete designs that's pretty much enough for me to get in there but he is top 15 in this field and expected birdie or better percentage top 20 in my models expected strokes gain t to green and then i did choose a short hitter i know this is a very short course i don't necessarily like have an advantage on short hitters or long hitters in my models it was really tough to model this week but i did like what i saw from christian bezadenhout FanDuel's laying plus 135 my price is minus 110 so another 45 points of value there what he is one of the short hitters but this is more of a price grab he did check every single box my model had in terms of safety i do worry about the upside but to finish top 40 in this field i think is a pretty safe bet at plus 135 spencer what is on the card this week my man Thanks, Nick. It's going to be a two-man card for me at this moment. I'm still considering if I want to add Jason Day to the mix at plus 100. You can tune into Better Golf to hear that answer. But Webb Simpson, top 40, plus 100 on FanDuel. That is minus 110 on DraftKings. Simpson is the second best player in this field when we combine short courses, Pete Dye tracks, and TPC properties into one strokes gain metric. The only golfer that would be better would be Patrick Cantlay. The accuracy is elite. The birdie or better at these specific courses helps spring him into the top 10. And my model is seeing an 18 spot improvement when I compare his baseline projection versus his expected performance at a shorter course. And then the other play will be Mark Leishman, top 40, plus 105 FanDuel, minus 140 DraftKings. With TPC River Highlands ranking inside the top 10 in terms of course predictability, I feel like it makes sense to trust Leishman, who not only has won this event in the past, but has also provided seven top 39 finishes during his other nine chances. Leishman's biggest detriment tends to be his inaccuracy off the tee, but the general wide open feel of the property and strategic nature of the die layout allows him to club down without losing anything to the field. You know, if you listen to Better Golf Podcast this week, you will hear how I view this course to be a modeling nightmare since accuracy, distance, and mid-iron play are all pretty equal when it comes to finding success. That doesn't mean you need to do all three cents a player like Brian Harmon has used his accuracy just as easily as someone like Dustin Johnson took advantage of his length. But the Aussie is inside the top 26 in every 25-yard bucket, ranging from 100 to 200 yards. Add that to the fact that he also ranks inside the top 10 in putting, and it only heightens the potential that he can take advantage of those two facets of his game for another top 40 result. You spoke about he who shall not be named, Mr. Brian Harmon, who missed the top 40 ticket for me with, I don't know, a 78 or what felt like an 82 on Sunday. So let's try not to say his name ever again on this show. But to recap, we got Keith Mitchell, Tommy Fleetwood, Christian Bezadenhout, Spencer's boy, Webb Simpson, and Mr. Mark Leishman in the course history. They're all finishing in the top 40. We will kick it back to you, Jason. Good luck to everybody this week. All right, it's time to make our ultimate DFS lineup here. We go to the DraftKings, and we got 50000 to spend on the salary cap. Six players, 
Len, why don't you kick things off for us? I'm with you on Brendan Steele. I know he's going to be there. So I'm going to go with my guy in that range and Brendan Todd at 7,900. Just a broken record. Short course, Brendan Todd, just fifth on tour in driving accuracy, fifth in putting, just a good fit for this track. And what a price, under eight. I like it. And you're absolutely right. Brendan Steele was going to be my first play here. I just think it's a really good price on a guy who's got that intersection of form and course history that we love. Uh, I had dinner with him last night. He's in good spirits. And the sea bass looked really good, 7,700. I think we both like Patrick Cantlay, and I do like him best among those guys up there. For some reason, I don't know what it is in the majors. I mean, he wasn't terrible. He was 14th at Brookline, but he's never in the mix. He hasn't been in the mix in years. It's really perplexing of all the top guys. But I do fully expect him to have a great week this week. He finishes top 15 here, four years running. Let's go all the way up at 10-2, and I'll see what we have to do to make room for him down below. Yeah, I like that. We've got 24-2 left to spend on three players. I'm going to spend a little bit more than uh, what we have for average. Davis Riley, I mentioned at 8,900, one of my favorite players on the board. I'm going to be betting him a lot this week at 50 to one. I think that's a nice price for him. He's going to make a lot of birdies. We'd expect him to be up there. I think he's ready to go out and win on the PJ tour. What do we got? We got about 76.50 per man. I mean, there's so many ways to go. Everybody knows who I mentioned earlier, but I think that at Harris English at 7,600 is a great value, really underpriced this week. Well, if you're going to do that, I've got 7,700 left and I've got a guy who finished 10th place. The U S open was in the mix throughout the weekend plays really well on shorter golf courses. I think sort of the weight of playing and being into contention at a major championship for really the first time in his career will be lifted, frees him up to go play some good golf. Joel Damon, 7,700, I think is a nice play. And there's the lineup. Cantley, Damon, English, Riley, Steele, Todd. What do you think? Winner? We got a top guy. We got a $10,000 guy, and we didn't have to dip into the sixes. That's not the easiest thing to do, but good deal. I love the lineup this week. He's Len Hochberg. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. Remember, you can find the Links and Locks podcast everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen to us every single week. Good luck with all your DFS plays for this week's Travelers Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green.